Hey, strangers, welcome to another episode of The Strange Sessions, episode 54, not to be confused with Studio 54. <laughs> I am Krista, with me is Kurt, and I know it's only September 4th, but happy fall, y'all! Happy fall. <laughs> it is, it's that time of year outside where it's like hot as hell during the day, and then it's freezing cold at night. Although the high for today is 64. Oh, that's perfect. Yes. That it's, is perfect. Oh, I'm loving it. I'm all in on fall. I'm like, still skeptical because there's going to be hot days I'm i heard sure. that that's it that that was the warm so. weather but that's then i what... hear that we're getting this nasty polar vortex winter so <laughs> know, it's gonna be a nightmare so we're, gonna be com- we're gonna be complaining on the podcast a lot about how cold yeah. it is so something new yeah something new <laughs> either too hot too cold <laughs> this this is the few months out of the year where neither one of us complains because the weather is just perfect, perfect and it is perfect i love fall yep. oh i love fall have i mentioned that i like fall you like halloween i, I do you love like halloween. halloween it's basically halloween now <laughs> I'm already looking at Halloween decorations. So, do we have a uh, housekeeping? Shoutouts. Well, we have shoutouts. You, you better go, start. You always go right away to housekeeping. Do, I, do we always do shoutouts first? Yes. And then we do housekeeping? Yes. Wow. It's like I've never been here before. No, I'll write you some notes for the next episode. So, how many do we have? Quite a few. We had a lot of people join the strangers since. And it was weird because we were messaging each other. And we're like, where are these people coming from? Well, and I meant, I think it's the missing 411 stuff. It is. People are is looking too. for that and they're finding our episodes. And I also, we talked, I think last episode, that we're going to reach a point where we're going to have too many new people to, to list. I don't think we will. I think it's going to filter in slowly enough. We'll see. I remember Boy, when we, she's when like we, narrowing your eyes at me like she's him mad. Stink eye. Give me a stink eye. I remember when we'd get like one or two. Yeah. And now we've probably yeah. got how many? I'll count as you read. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. No I could pressure. count, but you ready? Uh, giving shout outs to our newest strangers, and those people are Leah Arias, Kelly Marie Nee Bukala. I hope I'm pronouncing wow. that right. Stephanie Kemper, Todd Campbell, Chris Grove, Kelly Carnes. Stacy Eckhart, Delaney Moore, Kayla Walnifer, Randy Dawn Tippett, Kevin Gandreau, Trina Marie, and Hayden Morgan. That's 13 people. 13 people. That's a lot. I think, I can't remember if we said Leah in the last episode, so she might have got a double show oh. too. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, welcome, strangers. Yeah, We're welcome, you guys. excited to have you. Very cool. Uh, now do we do housekeeping? No, Chris and I just look at each other. <laughs> like, We're staring we, at each other. What, like, do, what we do we do now? <laughs> Uh, housekeeping talk about what happened what, what you found out about oh the yeah so we have a couple school. things so the last episode i think i brought up the fact that um joe who you've heard me did you just hear that yeah did i don't know see i don't know i didn't notice if, we just both heard a thump and i didn't what were we saying oh yeah speaking of weird noises <laughs> in the school um joe had gotten a text from his sister-in-law who was here with a group of girls, eight-year-old girls, doing softball pitching practice. Um, the school is used for a workout area um, and also for like local sports teams to practice. Especially in winter when it's... Yeah, when it's cold yeah. and raining and stuff like that. And they had seen a girl walking through the school. This is what we had heard. And they searched the school and they couldn't find anything. So I got... I was like, I need, I need answers. I have so many questions. So... Joe said that it was one girl who was kept, she was winding up to pitch and she would stop and look into the kitchen, which is right off of the gym where they were practicing. And then she'd, okay, go back to what she was doing. And she did it again. She wound up to pitch and stopped again and turned to everybody and said, did you just see that girl? And I don't think anyone else saw her. 
But what she saw was a girl younger than her, so younger than eight years old, walking into the school, like through the kitchen. And it was in her peripheral view, but it was distinct enough that she saw that the girl was wearing, quote, old time clothing. Yeah, that's just <laughs> so weird. Which is very strange. So she, nobody else saw it, but they believed her because they saw her, how she kept reacting to whatever she was seeing. And they searched the entire school, the men's bathroom, everything. Like nobody. every room that is unlocked, there are a lot of rooms that have codes to get in. Um, there was nobody. There was nobody here. That's so weird. I remember you and I had weird stuff kind of happen last time when we left in the kitchen. Yeah, we heard like, I you heard, heard like a voice. You heard a almost. voice. Yeah. And then I saw that weird orange light move oh, across right. the table. Yeah, in the kitchen. That I thought was a reflection from somebody outside mm-hmm. in a car. But then we looked and there was nobody here. So, and it was all in the kitchen. And that's where a lot of stuff, like didn't that psychic that came through here say that there was something yeah, in that area? Yeah, he said there's something dark in this school and it lingers in the kitchen. Yeah. But I don't know. You know, of course, people say yeah. that children, something that appears to you as a child is not a child. It's something darker trying to gain your trust. But I think we can throw the the um, theory that it was just a kid who wandered in. Especially if they're in old timey clothes. <laughs> right. Yeah. It kind of blows that theory all so, the heck. That's but so weird because you and I it have... Is weird times here where that we hear things and it's just feels weird in here and then there's other times where it feels like absolutely quiet so what i find interesting about that encounter is that they weren't looking for it they no. were just here like they're here all the time but a lot of times when somebody sees a ghost or a spirit they're not they see it out of their peripheral it. vision yeah. peripheral you know? and they're not seeking it out yeah so exactly so that's that and the other piece of housekeeping was that after i did my last episode on the whole changeling bridget messaged me and pointed out just a small connection between that story and an earlier mini mystery that I did on the solder children, how all those children after there was a fire in the house just went missing and were never seen again. Like their remains were never found. Nobody has any idea where the kids were. There was like a, a connection with an Italian family in that one too. Um, and I totally didn't make that connection, but yeah, she's right there. I believe what, well, there was a connection thinking that maybe there was some mob like retribution maybe that happened because the dad or somebody had a connection to the Italian mob at the time but also I thought they received a letter from allegedly the son or a family that had the son in Italy the solder children and of course in this last story I told um, witnesses say they saw a young boy who was Walter allegedly Mm -hmm. Walter Mm -hmm. with an Italian looking couple so Interesting connection. I didn't it make is. it, but I thought it was interesting. That I, I just that listened out. to the uh, Sofa King podcast episode about the Sauter family. Oh, really? They, they talked about like, these Italian brothers, and then they turned it into Mario and Luigi, oh, and boy. said that's why the ladder was missing because <laughs> they had a car. <laughs> so it was actually, that's why I was kind of started giggling when you were good. talking about that because I just remembered that. That's pretty good. But yeah, I I don't know that whole those stories are just so weird. Yeah. You know, I'd, I agree. And it sucks that there's never going to probably be any. No, I think I think Walter, I think we have a good idea. Yeah. What happened? Even though his remains weren't found, the fact that, you know, they admitted to killing him and then sort of retracted that. I think it's a good chance. But still, that they if did it kill remains him. would make it. Yeah. Would close. The, Solidify the, it. Yeah, exactly. Closure. Although his mom has passed away. Since, yeah. So. All right. What's next? Taste test. I think so. I feel like I had something else I was going to say for housekeeping, but I cannot Mm. think of what it is. You weren't going to talk about random knot stuff, you said. No, I wasn't. I posted in the group that I only went like once last week 
And it was weird because it took me to this park in Manitowoc, this corner of this park. And the park is actually tucked behind some houses. And a lot of people don't even know this park is there. I know it's there because of geocaching. Oh, sure. But um, I set out and I walked to this corner of the park and there's like nothing there but a couple of trees. So I get to the corner and all of a sudden all these butterflies came out of the tree. These monarch butterflies all came out of the tree at once and they were like circling around me. And then they flew off, and I That's was like really fumbling cool. with my camera, like trying to get, <laughs> of course, trying to get video of it. And I managed to get a video or a picture of a really oh, shaky grainy a really, video. Yeah, really. Sh- sh- I think you can it's see like Bigfoot big in the encounter. background. Yeah, but I managed to get a picture of it. You can see four of the butterflies. They in look a line. like birds. Actually, they do, but they're butterflies. Yeah, if you enlarge it, they're butterflies as they were flying off. So that was really cool. That is, and cool. I've had a ton of synchronicities lately, and okay. it's really weird, like how many I've, and I've had weird stuff happen too. Like, like what? Like yesterday, I was in Two Rivers, Trivers, uh, Trivers, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and there's this f- friendly guy. I don't know if he's, you know, a few. Oh, that waves at everybody. Yeah, that waves at everybody. There's one of those, in every and he's town. on the standing on the street corner waving at everybody. And I always wave back at him because yeah, people can be nice. mean. Yeah, so I always wave back to him. So I waved, and then I went forward a little bit. You know, kept driving, looked in my rearview mirror, and he was gone. There was nobody at that corner. So I'm like, what oh. the hell? <laughs> Weird. But I've seen him before, so I don't know if he like ran, but he was just gone. That's weird. And then this morning, as I was getting on the exit... Is it on... by Hobby Lobby? No. Okay. I was getting on the exit on the highway, and as I was coming towards the highway, I looked in my mirror, and I don't know if the person either did a quick U-turn or pulled out of a driveway, but all of a sudden, they were like turning, coming behind me, and I'm like, oh whatever so then as i got to the exit this person was behind me and they didn't have their blinker on and i'm like is he gonna is he gonna get on the highway too and then he ended up pulling to get on the highway and it annoyed me because he didn't have you know if i i always say if i was ever a serial killer like dexter i would just kill people that didn't use their blinkers because that drives me crazy <laughs> oh my god so i was like already annoyed that he didn't use his blinker and he was yeah. getting on the on the exit right behind me so yeah. i pull onto the exit start going to the exit i turn around i look in my mirror and he's gone so I don't know if he did a U-turn, but I swear I saw him actually get on the exit with me. That's weird. A lot, of, a lot of weird rear view mirror stuff happening. Yeah, it is. In like <laughs> two days. Really two in two days. So hmm. I don't know. Okay. It could be today's topic is getting to me, though, because I've been thinking a lot about today's ah, topic. So, I'm excited for yeah. this. This one, I'll just say this before we do the taste test, but I think okay. this episode is not going to be a popular one. Why? Because I know a lot of people don't like our conspiracy stuff, for mm-hmm. starters. This is different, though. Kind of, but it's it's. I find this fascinating. I'm I like the idea of conspiracy theories, but I don't. I don't. I'm not like someone who reads about them yeah. much or really buys into yeah. them. But this is different. Yeah, this is fascinating to me. It is to me too. But I think a lot of people aren't going to be fascinated with it, and I think people that Maybe are they will after I think they listen possibly. But I think <laughs> people that are into it aren't going to like the episode because we don't go into depth really about mm. it. There's like three. There's basically three different things. In okay. this episode. Well, maybe we'll get someone who has experience yeah. with it, yeah. which is kind of scary, but... It is kind of scary. So time for our taste test? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I'm so excited. This is from our Australian listener, Carly. Carly. So thank you so much, Carly. We remembered the butter. Yes, we this did. time, so we're good. We're excited. We got bread, we got butter, and we got the Vegemite that she sent us. And I've a toaster. always wanted to try Vegemite. Me too. So I am super excited, and Krista is going to... So am I doing two pieces of toast and you're going to eat one and a half? Yeah, because Krista's dieting here? hardcore. Yeah, My diet's on hold until After this, this taste test. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to take a picture 
the, the Vegemite. Vegemite bottle. It's funny because it looks like jar. Yeah, it is a jar. It looks like um, a vitamin jar. It does. I like the logo. I like the way. Yeah. If it, looks like retro, for it looks like retro. It looks like 80s-ish. Ha, now you have to open it. I get to I open it? I it to you. Oh, boy. You get to struggle with it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Made it look easy. I'm going to smell it. Okay, I'm ready. I'm going to watch your Sniffing face Vegemite. intently. I expected it to be green and it's brown. Why did I think it was going to be green? Because it has the word veggie in it. And to me, veggies are green. What does it smell like? I don't know how to describe <laughs> it, but I think it smells good. Does it? Let me, let me give it a little bit. I almost think it smells mildly like a Fig Newton. Oh, if that makes sense. I can sense. get behind that. But like I, the filling I, of I really a Fig like Newton. the smell like of this. I really like the smell of that. Okay. It's interesting. Hmm. Like, I can't describe what it smells like. I get the Fig Newton thing, yeah. though. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to take a picture of the innards. <laughs> I'm super excited to try this. Um, it's cool to me that I'm holding something that came from Australia. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? It, it's almost... It has the consistency of like peanut butter or Nutella. Yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> Chris is super excited. I am. I am excited to try something that I have heard of. Of course, like everybody else around here knows this from the Men at Work song. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I think we put on too much. Wow. It is really strong. Is it salty? It's very salty. What? What is that flavor? Yeah, that's a lot. It reminds me of something. Wow, it's very uh, pungent and bitter. It's weird, though, because I it's super... We put on too much, so it's super strong. Yep. But I can't... I, I'm at, I can't I'm describe what it lot. tastes like. No, I can't either. I'm actually going to... Whoops. Scrape some off just so I can... Wow, we did put too much on. Holy moly. That is strong. I can't describe it. I can't either, but I really like it. I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. Hmm. It's weird. I really like it. Did you look at the ingredients? No. I'm curious to know what's in here. And of course, it's so small, I can't read it. I literally can't describe what it tastes like. I really can't. Yeast extract. Oh, I really like this. It's like barley, wheat, malt. It, it tastes malty. It malty, does taste malty. Yep. I taste the malt. Hmm. It's mostly like... I really like this. <laughs> I need glasses because I can't read this. Maybe you can read it better than I can. I don't know. It's a little too bitter for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Kurt's digging it. I see what she means. I mean, about I'm going to eat it all. I see what she means about the butter because the butter. Mm-hmm. I must have had a lot of butter in that bite, and it mixed with it. It cuts through it. Oh. Hmm. I really like this. It's right. It's when it mixes with butter. When it mixes with the butter, it's really good. Maybe I didn't have enough butter. I really like this. Holy cow! All right. But well, I can't. I honestly don't know how to describe what it tastes. Yeah, like. I can. It's it's. It's got to taste like all its own. It's, it's, like it's malty, tangy and malty and bitter and salty 
and salty and pungent all at the same time. <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> but it's good. It's really... Hmm. I'm not there with you, but but I'm excited that I got to try it. <laughs> I'm trying to be positive about it. I'm... I'm trying to imagine a way that I would like that. Like, what could I put that on? That I, would I would like, like it, it just like this, just yeah. with with butter and toast. Okay, interesting. I can't explain what it tastes like. Yeah, but I really like it. It's it's so weird. It is weird, but I can. It does taste yeasty. It does taste. Malty. I definitely taste the yeast and the malt. Yep, and the salt. And it's very salty. But yeah, he's just like wow. That was a huge bite. <laughs> it's really good. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm excited that I finally got to try Vegemite. Me too. You're taking this home with you. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Interesting. What would you give that out of 10? Oh, I'd give it like a four. Are you serious? Yeah. It's too bitter. It's too, I don't know. Like if it had a hint of Mm. sweetness, like honey, I would drizzle honey over that and I think I would like it more. I bet you that would be good. Yeah. I'm going to give it. It's just a little too bitter for me. I'm going to give it a nine and a half. Wow. Yeah. Not a perfect 10. Maybe you're part Australian. I might be part know. Australian. I yeah. really like that. Holy cow. Well, thank am... you, Carly. Yeah, thank you, Carly. I never I did thought not ex... I'd be able to say I tried Vegemite. No, and so. I did not expect that. I don't know what I expected, but that no, was No, that not is not it. what I expected. No, but <laughs> I'm pleasantly surprised because I really like that. All right. So um, hopefully keeping within our titillating 20. If you're a stranger, you saw that um, our good friend and listener, Logan... B sent us two amazing cross stitch mm-hmm. um, pieces of artwork. I yeah, would call embroidery, them embroidered. Embroidery. There you go. One says the strain sessions with Kurt and Krista, and the other is these beautiful flowers that have these skeleton arms below them, and it is so pretty. So many people on the Facebook page just loved I'm it. I'm pretty sure Krista has designs on taking that out of here and bringing that home. Yeah, that might disappear. <laughs> no, it looks really cool hanging on our wall, though. It does. It's right next to our Area it's, 51 yeah, sign. Yeah, it's already up in the studio. Yep. So and thank so you so much for that, Logan. A really cute letter, too, and her handwriting is like ridiculously yeah. neat. I've been messaging back and forth with her a lot. She's a really, really sweet girl. So I really cool. like her. So her letter says, hi, Kurt and Krista. My name is Logan in parentheses. I'm a girl. I'm glad she said that because I would not have known that. That's typically a name I associate with I knew boy. it because generally when somebody wants to come in the group, I look at their profile okay. to make sure that they're not a scammer or right. something. They have like one friend. Yeah. And they'd like just join Facebook the day before. But they're in 5,000 groups. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she said, my name is Logan and I love your podcast and you guys so much. You guys have created such a cool little community, which thank you, because I feel like that's something we're we're kind of trying to do with the strangers. And I really feel the same way. We have a really great little community on Facebook. We really do. I just joined the fri- private Facebook, and I'm so glad I did. Everyone on there is so interesting and smart and funny. Please never stop doing what you do. I made you guys these embroidery pieces to help decorate your studio if you like them. I'm fairly new at embroidery, so they aren't too good, but oh well. Really? I love them. They're beautiful. I love all the topics you guys cover. It's super cool that it's a little true crime and a lot of weird stuff. I'm a serious empath, so I thought your episode on empaths was crazy interesting. I mean, I've had three women and two men ask me if I am or if I know I am an empath. One guy even straight up told me I am one. I was thinking you could do an episode on spirit guides. Though I'm not sure if there's enough to be a full-length episode, I recently found out my grandpa is my spirit guide, which is super cool. Also, I'm from Minneapolis, so I love that you both sound like me. (laughs) I wish you guys, I wish I could be your intern. So do we. (laughs) I love you guys. Logan B. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Logan. 
Uh, we're going to have to hang it up somewhere. Yes. Her Unfortunately, and I, been... I think I got butter on it. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> She's really part of the family now. Yep. Her and I were messaging back and forth about spirit guides and stuff. And she said some stuff that I'm going to use when we do an episode about guardian angels or spirit guides. Yeah, so, I think it's a cool yeah. topic. So thank you so much, Logan. These are awesome. Yeah. We love them and we're so glad you found us. I'm just delighted that people take the time out of their day to create stuff or send us emails or letters or taste Like tests. we say all the time, it still blows us away that people <laughs> listen to us. Right. You know, so it's thank crazy. you so much, guys. Yeah, this, thank you. This means more to us than you have any idea. Right. It's very true. So on to today's episode. Yes. Do we have any other housekeeping? I don't think so. I really like Vegemite. <laughs> Holy wow. cow. In other news, Kurt likes Vegemite. Mm-hmm. I should go to Australia. I'd love to go to Australia too. I'm just not going to eat the Vegemite when I'm oh, there. Oh, I would. I need Vegemite. I want to have a koala bear <laughs> put its arms around my neck and hug me. I want to hold a kangaroo. <laughs> Those are vicious though. Yeah, they are. They'll kick they'll, you. In. They'll kick you and punch you and whatnot. <laughs> but they're so cute. <laughs> They're little boxing, ma- you know. <laughs> I don't think they ever really wear little boxing. No, they gloves. don't. They should, though. No. <laughs> so, uh, from kangaroos, we are going into today's topic, which is, and again, uh, don't hate us for this, but we, you know, I've Why said this. Why anyone hate I've us said for Because I just feel like people don't like this kind of topic. But I've said in the past that we basically stole our show premise from i feel thinking sideways mm. the thinking sideways podcast because they did true same, crime yeah they, they did, did the same paranormal variety. stuff they did conspiracy stuff mm-hmm. so that's kind of what i modeled our topics after i guess but it's also stuff that you and i yeah. are just really interested in. you know and the thing is like the sofa king podcast that i love they're over 400 episodes now wow so they're they used to do this kind of stuff and you can see that they're running out of it because i just listened to the one of the last couple episodes and it was entirely about mr t <laughs> but the thing is wow. it's still really interesting to learn stuff and, we're never and gonna run out of weird true crime no we're never gonna it's run never out of gonna weird stop stuff, but we could get to a point where we're doing things that people are like why are they doing that you know, there's a part of me that worries we're going to we'll run out of stuff. worry about that when we get there. Yeah. You said that two seasons ago. I did. That's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> but this episode is one that all, there's like three separate topics in here. Any of these could be a huge rabbit hole if you want to yeah. go down it. So think of this episode not as the rabbit hole, but as the dirt that's kicked up around the rabbit hole. Sure. The rabbit scat. Think of it as the rabbit scat that could lead you down the rabbit hole if you want to. Okay. But yeah, these especially gang stalking itself. You could go down. There's so many videos on YouTube. It's insane. Is that our topic? Our topic we've been is teasing around it for like 20 minutes. <laughs> our topic is our three topics are actually gang stalking, electronic harassment, and Camellio. Well, I know are, about the first two. I don't know what the last topics. one is. The uh, first two are related. The first two are related. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the last one The is. last one, Camellio, is too. And basically, okay. Camellio, I stumbled across when I was researching Missing 411. Oh, interesting. Which was interesting. Okay. People said I say interesting too much during the podcast. I say interesting too much. I have called myself out on this probably two seasons ago. I, I think <laughs> I said a long time ago, you should make a drinking game out of how many times I say interesting. Yeah. We should have. Uh, we should have named. I'm the trying pod- to come up with. We should have like, named the podcast. Bizarre. That's interesting. <laughs> Bunch of interesting stuff. So today's <laughs> topics, as I just said, are gang stalking, electronic harassment, and chameleo. Okay. Uh, so what do you know about gang stalking? So 
I, from what I understand, because I listened to a Sword and Scale episode about this, and he kind of touched on gang stalking a little bit. It ended. Kurt is licking the Vegemite off the knife right now. <laughs> it actually turned into more of an episode about a guy who claimed he was being gang stalked and went crazy and like shot a bunch of people. There's um, a lot of that. But gang stalking, from what I understand, is people who believe they are quote unquote targeted individuals. Yes. Um, by some group, yes. often government-based, but sometimes not, and that they are being basically harassed, stalked, and made to feel crazy so that no one b- will believe that any of this is happening to them. Um, but just, they're never really hurt. Exactly. It's it's just like stuff that makes you super paranoid. Exactly. People following you, people watching you, people making things happen in your life that yeah, nobody is, else will believe is this happening. This is like the quintessential... Somebody in a van outside right. your place watching you and you wearing a tinfoil hat. Yes. That's, that's exactly what the gang stalking stuff is. Yeah. So very good. You but do there's a, there's like a, a society of people who yeah. are targeted individuals. Yes. Yeah. There's a and lot they, of people. they communicate with each other. Yep. Wow. Very good. So that's tonight's episode. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> Just to sum Stay it strange. All up there. <laughs> Stay strange. <laughs> so the best place to start with gang stalking is with definitions. Okay. According to the FightGangStalking.com website, quote, gang stalking refers to the intense, long-term, unconstitutional surveillance and harassment of a person who has been designated as a target by someone associated with America's security industry. Okay. So that's basically what you said. Yeah. That sounded way more professional. (laughs) According to the gang stalking subreddit, quote, gang stalking is an umbrella term describing a series of techniques utilized by a group to instill mental instability within a victim with the intent to discredit, sabotage, harass, extort, and even drive a victim to suicide. A victim of gang stalking can have their reputation, credibility, careers, relationships, and entire life put into ruins. Techniques such as mind games, perception manipulation, organized stalking, covert harassment, constant surveillance, and electronic harassment are used to push a victim to mental instability. And from what I have read, there's no real reason for it. No, exactly. Like, it's not because you're somebody who's causing no, trouble. No, and when we it's get... It's like an experiment. When we, yeah, and when we get into Camelio, uh, the guy who wrote the book, Camelio says that it could be a matter of on the drive here, I could have cut off somebody that's in the NSA or something like that. Mm. And and they're so annoyed. They're like, all right, we need we to take care of this guy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I start getting gang stalked. He said it's as random as that. Hmm. you know. So it's really fascinating stuff. And a lot of people think this is basically you know tinfoil hat territory, but there are organizations that 100% do this. There's one, as soon as I was thinking about that there's one group i can 100 say i know does this and what group is that what do you think it is give you a hint think quote unquote church oh yeah the scientology Scientology. <laughs> oh yeah they do yeah. there's i've seen video yep. footage of them according to scientology's stuff. fair game policy any individuals or groups that are judged to be a threat to the church can and should be punished and harassed by any means possible The Church of Scientology claims that this policy was misunderstood and it was done away with years ago, but there are countless stories online of ex-members or reporters being fair-gamed, stalked, and harassed to this day. They call them suppressive people. Yes. Yep. Yep. There, S- so SPs. Leah Ramini, have you watched her yeah, series yeah. at all? That is insane. I'm fascinated by Scientology, but I also don't want to do an episode about it because I don't, I don't want to want get to be on their sucked. radar. I don't want to <laughs> right. be on their radar. But all you have to do is look up Squirrel Busters on YouTube. Squirrel Busters are the 
are a group of Scientologists that s- stand outside somebody's house with megaphones. Calling you a pedophile. Calling you a pedophile yeah. and basically harassing you. Yeah, trying to make people think you're not credible because yeah, you're speaking exactly, out against exactly. them. Exactly, so, so Scientology 100% uses gangstalking. Yeah, I agree. So it's not something that's just... You made know, up. a cuckoo made up right. thing. That's It's something that actually happens. It's based in truth. It's also believed that Freemasons also do something similar called the silent dagger or slow dagger. Really? Yeah. I've, I've never come heard across this. that a couple times online. That they basically do the same thing. Like if you're trying to discredit them, they will beat you to it. Hmm. You know, so it's it's scary stuff. Like yeah. it, 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 the whole time I was doing this, it's like, what would I do if that happened to me? I was you know? thinking the same thing as... How do you fight something like that? Do you just ignore it and pretend it's not happening? Possibly. I mean... Because it seems like the people who try to fight back and get help are the people who are made to look crazy. mm -hmm. Uh, But we're going to look more into the stories of of everyday people that think that they're being gang stalked and how that all works rather than an ex-Scientologist. Yeah, because that's... that's Yeah. It's di- it's slightly different. Yeah, because the regular people think it's being done either by a, a government agency. government agency or some shadowy group mm-hmm. that that does this strictly for no this, reason. For no reason. And Scientology clearly targets for people a reason for leaving yes. Scientology. Yep. Uh, a few more definitions are in order, and that is the first one is TI, which is the targeted individual. So if you believe you are getting gang stalked, you're the TI. Okay. Are you going to use TI throughout this? Probably. Okay. Because you're going to come across that term a lot in the videos when you watch gang stalking videos and stuff. There's a lot of talk of TIs. So if I think I'm getting gang stalked, I'm the TI. There's also the handler, which is the person that is overall in charge of you getting gang stalked. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's a hierarchy. It's almost like an organization where like... Mm. I cut off that person. How do they know that there's a handler? Because a lot of people have had run-ins with they actually, this stuff. We'll okay. get into that with Camilio. Okay. But like, if I cut that person off on the highway and they were an NSA agent and wanted to gang stalk me, that person would probably be my handler because they would be in control of me getting gang stalked. Mm-hmm. And underneath the handler are the perps or the perp. Okay. And that is the people doing the gang stalking. That's like the average person that's gang stalking you, not the handler. This is the handler's workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the perps. They're the ones watching you from the van. Yes, and... they're the ones watching you from the van. Okay. They're the ones doing all that stuff. And there's also, this one is one of my favorites, is street theater. Street, when I started, because I'm I got... I'm picturing like a flash mob. <laughs> it, it kind of is. <laughs> is there but when I involved? got into, when I was fascinated with this back... You know, and I'll, I can talk about that. When I worked at one of my previous jobs, I basically did an hour of work every day, and then that was it. And I had free time, so I basically the this was back in the mid two thousand, so the internet was around, but it wasn't as, as good as it, it is, is now. Yeah. But I used to play around on there a lot, and I stumbled across a mind control forum where people that were victims of mind control were talking, and that's how I learned about gang stalking and street theater. So street theater, according to the StopGangStalkingCrimes.com website, says, quote, Street theater is carefully scripted harassment by neighbors and strangers, but can include harassment by family, friends, and coworkers. These skits are designed to keep a target at a high stress level, but are crafted so that outside observers are likely to wave the skits off as just bad luck or the breaks. Why would your family, friends, or coworkers... There's a lot of people that think that's... 
thinks think that that's happening. I think happening. that's paranoia. The cumulative effect of such skits can be crushing to sensitive victims. Noise, crowding in person or on the highway, stealing items from shopping carts when in the grocery store, and kids sent out to hang out in front of, stare at, or make noise in front of a victim's house, or by putting strange items on their lawn as the victim drives by, such as a vacuum cleaner. So that is from... It's oddly specific. That's oddly specific, but that is street theater. I've always been fascinated mm-hmm. by street theater. To me, it just sounds like normal stuff and also also a street theater is something called traffic mobbing i've heard i did read about this using bikes pedestrians automobiles to harass ti's from one destination to another destination such as almost being hit by a car being tailgated being stuck behind an unusually slow driver almost being run off the road when it feels intentional etc i've heard about being surrounded by all cars of the same color yep yeah exactly so I was going to, as far as street theater, I was going to bring up, I went last week, I think one day to the library in Manitowoc because I had time to kill before I did something. So I just went there to hang out and there were annoyances that happened. So I was going to discuss that mm-hmm. to say what someone who believes that they're being gangsta would, read would into think. into everything, but right? But this morning, <laughs> this morning <laughs> before I came here, I went to Quick Trip. Uh, the last couple of days, my tires have deflated because of the fluctuations in temperature, temperature and my yeah. little tire gauge light came yep. on. So I knew before I came to do the podcast, I was going to stop at Quick Trip and fill my tires. Free air. Yes. <laughs> and I knew I'm flat broke right now. So I was just going to run in and get my coffee, which I got right here, mm-hmm. and just a sandwich, a breakfast sandwich. So I pull into Quick Trip and I'm already worried because I want to get here early because we're going to do the podcast a little earlier than usual. Yep. And... Somebody with this big ass pickup truck is parked right in front of the air hose. Mm-hmm. So, which I, is common, by the way. Yes. So I pull up behind him, and I'm sitting there waiting. And I must have waited five minutes, and this person never came out. Hmm. And I'm like, "Is this an employee?" That'd be weird. So then I ended up having to get as close as I could to his truck, and then pull as much of the cord out as I could because I had to do the air in both my two front tires. So I'm struggling to get this hose into my tire that's farther away from the air machine. Mm -hmm. So I'm just annoyed. So I finally get that. You know, I get my tires full. Then I pull into the parking lot because I'm going to run inside. Truck is still there. Yeah. So I get inside and I'm kind of in a hurry. I need to get money out of the ATM because I had no money whatsoever. They have two ATMs. One of them has a sign on it that it's out of order. (laughs) And at the other ATM is a lady that must have had 10 cards. And she is sitting there trying to see how much money she has on each card oh my God. when I'm waiting and I'm like in a hurry, you know, and it's like, ugh. so I'm sitting here watching her and watching her and I see the, the breakfast food, the hot case. And there was one bag left of hash browns that I had my eyes on. So <laughs> did the guy in the truck take I the hash finally, browns? <laughs> I finally get my stuff out of the, my money out of the ATM, turn around and there's a guy that grabs the last package of hash browns. And I'm like, seriously? So then I grab just a sandwich. Mm-hmm. And then I go to line and wait in line, which is a mile long. And the girl right ahead of me is talking really loud on her cell phone. <laughs> and it's annoying the hell out of me. And then I finally get my stuff. I get out and the truck is gone. I bet he has your to somebody problems. To somebody that believes they're being gang stalked that is street theater all of these people all that's orchestrated all of those all of that was orchestrated they knew i was going to be going there to get my my air so they had this all set up just to 
mildly annoy me. I, I feel guess. like that's every trip to Quick Trip. <laughs> it's every trip <laughs> to any store. Literally everything that. But happens. if if I was somebody that thought I was a TI, yeah. that yeah. would be proof that you would look, read I'm being gang stalked. Mm-hmm. That that was street theater, and these people did all that just to annoy me. Well, and I think the reason that happens though is because if they are legitimately being harassed in some other way, you do start to look at everything. And well, that's say, the thing is that like the thing at the library, like. The only reason that I was thinking about that was because I was working on this episode. Yeah. So right. it's in my head mm-hmm. where any other day that trip to Quick That's Trip would have just day. been a normal day with bad yeah. luck. But right. because I'm thinking about this, it's like, you know, that is a you perfect see, example of street theater. Yeah. You could see how if somebody were dealing with yeah. at least some yeah. level of harassment, yeah. they would start to read into every little but thing. But with the street theater, it's like you said, family, it's friends. Hmm. If some some of these people say they hear something on the TV that is occurring to them right now, or they hear their name on the TV, hmm. so they believe the people working at the TV station wow. are perps. Jeez. And the thing is, I hesitate to call these people crazy. Well, you just had a an exactly. Incident. That's what I was just gonna say. I hesitate to call these people crazy because when you think you're a TI and you're being gang stalked, if you hear something on the TV that correlates to something you're doing at that moment it's because you're being gang stalked when i'm doing something at the time and i hear something on the tv it's it's a a cosmic synchronicity (laughs) so how does that make me any Mm. less crazy than someone who believes they're being gang stalked that's one of the reasons i hesitate to call them crazy yeah well i mean it's obviously a weird mixture of paranoia and narcissism where they're paranoid but they also think they're important enough that they're targeted. That they're targeted. That that this organization needs to do this to. But part of the reason they feel so paranoid and crazy is because potentially the people gang stalking them are purposely making them feel that way. Exactly. Exactly. It's like a vicious cycle. It is. It really is. Wow. So it's just it's like really. See, this is really interesting. It is really interesting. Stuff. Fascinating. I'm not saying um, interesting anymore. So where did this concept of gang stalking start? There's no one real starting point for it. A lot of people believe that it started with the Nazis. Some people believe it started with the KKK. Sure. But most sites I looked at believe it really blew up with something called COINTELPRO. According to its Wikipedia article, COINTELPRO was a series of covert and at times illegal projects conducted by the United States Federal Bureau of Investigation aimed at surveilling, infiltrating, discrediting, and disrupting domestic political organizations. Uh, the name comes from, it's like a shortened version of the counterintelligence program. Mm-hmm. So that's COINTELPRO. And there's a lot Sounds of... Sounds like an app for doing your taxes. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> FBI records show that COINTELPRO resources targeted groups and individuals that the FBI deemed subversive, including feminist organizations, because they're subversive, of course. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just... Some of these groups are like, what? Why did they target that? Feminist organizations, the United States Communist Party, anti-Vietnam War organizers, activists of the civil rights movement, including Martin Luther King Jr., the Nation of Islam, and the Black Panther Party, environmentalist organizations, animal rights organizations, and the American Indian Movement. Well, these are all groups of people who are trying to... Well, they're being suppressed by the government. Yeah. So they're fighting yeah, back. Yeah, because they're trying to progress. Their people. Their people or all people. Their cause All people and the is. government doesn't necessarily want that. Right, because they want to control everything. Yeah. So that's why those people were... I don't sound paranoid were, at all. No, that's why, <laughs> that's why those groups were, were targeted by COINTELPRO. Mm-hmm. 
COINTELPRO tactics are still used to this day and have been alleged to include discrediting targets through psychological warfare, smearing individuals, smearing individuals, smearing, smearing. I always have a hard time with that word. I think it's smearing. I think it's smearing. There's no H in there, is there? Bad mouthing individuals <laughs> <laughs> and groups using and groups using forged documents. Oh boy, I'm starting all over. COINTELPRO tactics are still used to this day and have been alleged to include discrediting targets through psychological warfare, smearing individuals and groups using forged documents and by planting false reports in the media, harassment, wrongful imprisonment, and illegal violence, including assassination. The FBI's stated motivation was, quote, protecting national security, preventing violence, and maintaining the existing social and political order, unquote, which sounds sketchy to mm-hmm. me. I don't know. In April 2018, the Atlanta Black Star characterized the FBI as still engaging in COINTELPRO behavior by surveilling the Black Lives Matter movement. Internal documents dated as late as 2017 showed that the FBI had indeed surveilled the movement. So it's basically continuing on what they were doing with all those groups Mm -hmm. back in the day. I see a connection, but I still feel like gang stalking as it's known today is different. I agree. I agree. Uh, This was basically the template for gang stalking. The people who think they're experiencing gang stalking often don't know who's behind their stalking. It's often just the blanket term, them. Mm-hmm. With the advent of digital cameras, cell phones, GoPro cameras, etc., YouTube and the internet are filled with people's videos of them being gang stalked. Back in the day when I, I found that mind control forum where people were talking about gang stalking, there was a woman that had a video up on YouTube and I tried to find this video and I couldn't find it. But this video was really, a lot of these are just dumb. I mean, it's somebody with shaky, you know, showing two people talking Right. outside a store and they're like yeah. they're talking about me yeah you know but this one was actually really interesting because this woman was outside in her car in front of her house parked in front of her house taking you know footage of the people all around her and okay. some of the stuff was really weird like, like what at one intersection that was up a little ways ahead of her there was like this businessman looking guy i think he might have even had a briefcase he was like a businessman looking guy walking towards the corner and coming on the other side was like this hippie-ish biker guy that the two looked like they would have nothing in common. And when they got to the corner, you could see them say something to each other, and they both turned and looked at her car. Oh, weird. And I was like, okay, that was weird. Yeah, that's strange. Yeah. So, you know, is it me just buying? You know, sure, maybe buying Maybe the guys little. met and were like, why is that lady recording Video us court. from her car? <laughs> you know, but it was really kind of suspect. Or maybe the, there was something going on behind her. It's that, possible. Yeah. But then she was like narrating what was going on with each person and how they were doing this and that and how this person always does this. And it was really, and it really made you think. It really did. It was one of the few gang stalking videos I saw that actually made me go, huh, that's weird. Things that make you go, hmm. Things that make me... <laughs> it, I mean, man, if, if it's real and it's happening, I feel really bad for those people. So do because I. imagine spending so your h- entire day feeling like you're everybody's being, against yeah, you. Yeah, like everybody, like even the people running the TV studio know They're what you're doing. They're against you. Yeah. 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 So along with the advent of the internet came the ability of people who believe they are being gang stalked to find other people who believe they are being gang stalked. And that's message boards. That's like the right. message board I was on. And this one, there were some people on there that were legitimately, like, made you 
wonder if they weren't being gang stalked, but there were some that were just flat out nuts. Wanted the attention or they or, were Or they yeah. were nuts. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I've even talked about a couple of these before on this show. I don't remember. But there was one guy that said, I'm not going to use the word defecate because I think that sounds pretentious. There was this guy who said he couldn't poop <laughs> because every time he went in the bathroom and pulled his pants down and sat down on the toilet they would beam a holographic image of Christy Yamaguchi, the figure skater, into his bathroom, and she would point at his genitals and laugh. Oh, come on. So he was upset because he could not go to the bathroom because every time he did, they would beam this projection of Christy Yamaguchi. Uh, there was, That's so out there, there and far-fetched. <laughs> there was a lady that, and she documented all this in photos, that said when she was at work, they would come into her house, but all they did was change the amounts of salad dressing in the bottles in her refrigerator. So she had pictures of the bottles with lines on there of where the salad dressing was when she went to work. That would actually be a really clever way to mess with somebody. It would be. You know what I mean? (laughs) It would be. Really, really subtle. But nobody would believe. The pictures were like, it looked like the same, like it was the same. Or maybe when she took it out and moved it, it kind of shifted a little bit. But she was convinced that they were coming into her house and messing with her salad dressing. That's exactly the kind of thing nobody's going to believe, though. Exactly. So it's actually the perfect exactly. way to stalk exactly. somebody. Uh, there was another guy that was convinced that the bird that was chirping outside his window at 5 o'clock in the morning was a perp. Making the noise. Making the noise or... to wake him up and wow. annoy him. So he'd go running out there with his gun, and there would never be a perp there. So he never knew how they got away. And then Video one day, cameras. it was two birds. So he was convinced that it was a perp training another perp how to do the bird calls outside his window at 5 in the morning. He'd run out there with his gun. And there would be no perps. Wow. So there's, there's probably a, an app for that. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot of that. Hmm. Uh, and like one of the guys on the message board made this big questionnaire for perps. Like, why are you doing this? Oh, did and anyone he had a, answer it? Yes, tons of, of people did. But you know, it was people having fun. Yeah, there yeah. was like, and he posted the results saying, look, I, I'm right. These people are perps. Like, there was one guy that said, they had his sister, so they were forcing him to do it. And it was basically the X-Files, like with Mulder's <laughs> sister. You know, oh, there was one guy that said the pay was good and you got holidays off. And I mean, it was just obviously people messing with him. Mm-hmm. But he had all these posted as as saying that this is why perps do what they do. Which, shame on those people because they're just... They're feeding the guy's yes, paranoia, exactly. you know? So that's basically the gang stalking stuff. Okay. Now we move on towards electronic harassment, which is what a lot of people that are being gang stalked believe is also happening to them. And some more uh, definitions here. A DEW, or DO, which is a directed energy weapon that emits highly focused energy at a target, either damaging it or causing other various effects. Hmm. And the other one is V2K, or voice-to-skull technology. It's a technology that uses microwaves or ELF waves, extremely low frequency waves, to beam messages into the head of a TI to antagonize them, disturb their sleep, unhinge them, or to repeatedly and subliminally give them ideas for actions that they wouldn't otherwise or normally do. Hmm. So that's basically the whole, they're beaming voices into my head, and that's why I'm wearing a tinfoil hat. Right. Okay. To block the... Yeah. So... Technically, it sounds crazy, but it's not. According- I have heard advertising companies. Oh, are you about to talk yep, about that? Okay. <laughs> According to it, you're always ahead of the game. <laughs> I, I know. I like that about you. <laughs> According to a 2007 article on the Ad Age website called, quote, Hear Voices, It May Be an Ad, the article says, quote, 
New Yorker Allison Wilson was walking down Prince Street in Soho last week when she heard a woman's voice ask directly into her ear, quote, who's there, who's there? She looked around to find no one in her immediate surroundings. Then the voice said, quote, it's not your imagination. Indeed it isn't. It's an ad for Paranormal State, a ghost-themed series premiering on A&E this week. The billboard uses technology manufactured by Holosonic that transmits something they call a, quote, audio spotlight from a rooftop speaker so that the sound is contained within a passerby's cranium. The technology, ideal for museums and libraries or environments that require a quiet atmosphere for isolated audio slideshows, has rarely been used on such a scale before. For random passerby and residents who have to walk unwittingly through the area where the voice will penetrate their inner peace, it's another story. Joe Pompey, president and founder of Holosonic, said, quote, There's going to be a certain population sensitive to it, but once people see what it does and hear for themselves, they'll see it's effective for getting attention. So basically, it's like a beam that when you your head walks through this beam, you hear this voice. And the idea behind that is really scary. It's really scary because to me, that is like a violation. It is. It is. You but do that's... not come inside of my head. And, you know, that's yeah. like, I don't want that. You should no. have to get my permission but before you But these people that, that are constantly laughed at for saying, there's voices inside it's my true. head. It's this a real is, technology. This is putting a voice inside your and head. And it's been around for a while because Paranormal State has been no, off the No, it was 2007. So yeah. you can only imagine what it's like now <sighs> after all this time. I'm surprised but it's not being used more. We'll get into that. Okay. I would fight that. I would not want that. No, I would not want that either. That that freaks me out. The thought yeah. of that freaks me out. An April 2018 article on OuterPlaces.com, Muckrock reporter Curtis Waltman, who was filing Freedom of Information Act requests for documents regarding Antifa and white nationalist groups from the Washington State Fusion Center, whose purpose is to detect, deter, and prevent terrorist attacks and significant criminal activity, also, he thinks accidentally. He doesn't know if he was supposed to get this. He also received a zipped file called, quote, Electromagnetic Effects on Human Body. Oh, boy. He opened the file, and according to that article, quote, The most interesting diagram shows how targeting different parts of the body with the supposed psychoelectronic weapons can create different effects, including forced memory blanking, sudden violent itching inside the eyelids, as well as forced walking visions and, of course, forced orgasms. Of course. The diagram (laughs) also contains a paragraph reading, quote, the first unclassified successful transmission of the human voice directly into the skull of a living person was performed by Dr. Joseph C. Sharp of the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research in 1974. I find this so disturbing. So do I. But according to that, the first time that we actually were able to project a voice into somebody's head was 1974. I was four years old. So that was a long time ago. This reminds me of the Montauk experiments. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to get into the Montauk experience, not in this episode, but I'm fascinated by anything Montauk. You got to watch mysteries decoded. I know. I know. And the host for anyone, I can't think of her name. Of course, she's a former Naval officer, but she also played a role on stranger things. Oh, Cool. So she's multifaceted, I but say, I love I how skeptical that. she is about everything. Yeah, that's good. So, that's so, good. so far, I've seen the Mothman and Montauk experiments. Very good episodes. Mm-hmm. Check it out. According to the Stop EG website, quote, directed energy weapons come in different flavors. Most used against people is the high power microwave weapon. This weapon can be regarded as a high power microwave oven irradiating a person with such a weapon is cooking a person alive. Low-intensity effects can be scratching, coughing, farting, etc. 
It's a Tuesday night at my house. Yeah. <laughs> high intensity will make you... F- <laughs> high intensity will really make you feel like you're being cooked. The inside of your body feels the cooking. Skin burning sensations of approximately 30 centimeters diameter where the beam enters and leaves your body. A people cooker... Parentheses, I introduced the word people cooker in 2006, is also a creature that looks human, but there's nothing human about it. It's the, hu- it's the creature pushing the buttons of these horrible weapons. And yes, not only do they attack innocent people, but they cook children as well. But why? Just experiments? Like, I don't... Pretty much. According to the peoplecooker.com site, which is a spinoff of the Stop EG site, these directed energy weapons can cause... Here's a list. Heated body, feeling sick like you have the flu... Headaches that come and suddenly disappear. That's me in the last couple days. Uh, stinging sensations like a fly or a mosquito. Blurred vision. Irresistible coughing. Wait, what? I don't. That's not the right word. <laughs> no. Irresistible coughing. Uncontrollable coughing, yes. probably. <laughs> Very serious diarrhea. Heart attack slash cramps. Kidney pain. Excessive burping. Excessive farting. Stomach pain. Stomach bubbling. Intestinal cramps. Pain in the legs, pain in the ankles, heel muscle, reduced strength in hands, aging the body, etc. Wow. How it is applied. When you bend over, they hit your back. When you stand on one foot, e.g. in the kitchen to get something from a cupboard, they hit that foot. When you turn your head, they hit your neck. When you sleep, they cook your legs so they will feel stiff the next morning. Are they sneaking into your house and doing this? No, they can do it through walls and stuff. Okay. When you sleep, they wake you up by cooking your stomach. When you rub your eyes, they blur your vision. I don't get that. <laughs> okay, now they're like making stuff up. Also important is that they help the target by making things worse. Example, suppose your left leg becomes painful because you hit a piece of wood by accident. Now they will zap your leg at the location you feel pain over and over again, including nights, to make you suffer maximum pain. So that's directed energy weapons. Hmm. One especially invasive attack method in the arena of psychoelectronic mind control is voice-to-skull technology. Voice-to-skull is the transmission of voice or any other audible or subliminal sound directly into the hearing sense of the mind-controlled victim. This is sometimes done around the clock and could be one of the worst forms of torture. Voice-to-skull technology is sometimes referred to as synthetic telepathy. And that comes from the targetedindividualscanada.com website. Current day voice to skull cannot be stopped by any known electromagnetic shielding, a fact which demonstrates how advanced classified mind control technology has become. So tinfoil does not work anymore. Hmm. And this is from the same article on Targeted Individuals Canada. The listener needs to know that at least one method of voice to skull transmission, including microwave pulses like radar, is not particularly new. During World War II, technicians working in the path of energized radar antennas discovered they could hear a buzz seeming to originate inside their skulls. This buzz was being caused by the train of very short pulses of microwave signals, each pulse causing a signal click. In the early 1970s, Dr. Joseph Sharp of the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research used a computer to control a radar transmitter such that for each time a human voice waveform changed from a peak to a valley, the radar transmitter sent out a single pulse, causing a single click to be heard by the test subject. Because these clicks were timed according to the human voice waveform, the test subject heard a voice inside their head rather than a string of clicks. This has not been pursued, at least publicly, due to concerns about the effect of microwave signals aimed at a person's skull, but it does work. 
In addition to simply driving a target crazy, voice-to-skull can cause far more severe damage to a targeted person if instead of an audible voice, one of several types of subliminal voices are transmitted instead. When the subliminal voice is that of a hypnotist and it's aimed at the targeted person's bed, voice-to-skull can be used over time to undetectably program the person. I so. can see how this the military would Oh, I'm sure they're all this. over that. I'm yeah. sure they're all over that. We'll even get to stuff about that. The 2013 Washington Navy Yard shooter, Aaron Alexis, believed that he was being attacked with low-frequency weaponry and voice-to-skull transmissions. Alexis had arrived in Washington just a few weeks after he told police in Rhode Island that he heard, quote, voices talking to him from the walls of hotels he's been staying at, unquote. Mm. I remember that yep. shooting, but yep, I don't so remember... Do when, the, police the searched, behind it. when police searched his computer, they found that he had written, quote, ultra low frequency attack is what I've been subjected to for, for the last three months. And to be perfectly honest, that is what has driven me to do this. Wow. Uh, the big conspiracy theory now making the rounds is that the 5G signal that they're working on has voice to skull technology inside of it, that they're actually going to be able to use that signal, the 5G signal with voice to skull technology. In relation to our phones, Along right? with killing... with. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's going to be the signal in the air. That's basically, they can use that. They can that. harness that then. They can harness that to use it. And a lot of people believe that the 5G signal is what's killing off the bee population, which oh, I really? could totally see. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I could too. Yeah, I you, we've talked about this in other episodes. I hate the fact that there's so many signals in the air. Yeah, that drives really me crazy. Freaky to think about. You know, it's like when, like, I think we talked about this in another episode. Like on Ghost Hunters, when you're near an electrical panel and it's giving off EFM, EF, EMF, EMF. <laughs> when Sorry, it's giving it's been off a while. EMF. They said you can be agitated by that. Sure. And I think that's happening on a, on a global basis because there's so many waves in the air. I think that's why there's a lot of the problems we have today with I can buy people that. snapping or... Well, I also think just people fuel each other online. Oh, exactly. And, yeah. Exactly. I think it's all related. So the energy weapon stuff is not so crazy. According to Wikipedia, quite a few directed energy weapons have been used and are being used currently. One of these is called the Active Denial System. It's a millimeter wave source that heats the water in a human target's skin and thus causes incapacitating pain. It was developed by the U.S. Air Force Research Laboratory in Rayathon for riot control duty. Though intended to cause severe pain while leaving no lasting damage, concern has been voiced as to whether or not the system could cause irreversible damage to the eyes. There is yet to be any testing for long-term side effects of exposure to the microwave beam. It can also destroy unshielded electronics. The device comes in various sizes, including a gun big enough to be attached to a Humvee. The active denial system's effect of repelling humans occurs at slightly higher than 111 degrees Fahrenheit, and first-degree burns occur at around 124 degrees Fahrenheit. Second-degree burns occur around 136 degrees Fahrenheit, so they could burn you, literally burn you with this directed energy weapon. Wow. The radiation burns are similar to microwave burns, but only on the skin surface due to the decreased penetration of shorter millimeter waves. The surface temperature of a target will continue to rise as long as the beam is applied at a rate dictated by the target's material and distance from the transmitter, along with the beam's frequency and power level, which is set by the operator. Most human test subjects reach their pain threshold within three seconds, and none could endure more than five seconds. Reflective materials such as aluminum cooking foil should reflect this radiation and could be used to make clothing that might be protective against this kind of weaponry. It was deployed in Afghanistan, but was supposedly never used. There's a lot of theories about why it was never used, and there's a lot of people that are convinced it was used. 
I, uh, I don't know. I and just also feel with like the directed energy, that's scary. It is also with the directed energy weapons is what we talked about in an earlier podcast, uh, Havana syndrome, which is the people that were working at the Cuban at the embassy in Cuba. Oh, that yeah. all started to have those to hear the weird sound, mm-hmm. and then they started to suffer. Did we talk health. about this? Yes, we talked about okay. that back in season one. Havana syndrome is the name popularized by the media in 2018 for purported acoustic attacks on United States and Canadian embassy staff, first reported in Cuba and then in China. Beginning in August 2017, reports surfaced that American and Canadian diplomatic personnel in Cuba had suffered a variety of health problems dating back to late 2016, and accusations were made that these were a result of attacks using unspecified technology. Hmm. The health problems typically had a sudden onset. The victim would suddenly begin hearing strange grating noises that they perceived as coming from a specific direction. Some of them experienced it as a pressure or a vibration or as a sensation comparable to driving a car with the window partly rolled down, which I hate. Yeah. The duration when of these... When it starts doing yes. that weird yep. thing, yep. yeah. The duration of these attacks ranged from 20 seconds to 30 minutes and always happened while the diplomats were either at home or in hotel rooms. Other people nearby, family members and guests in neighboring rooms, did not report hearing anything. Affected individuals described symptoms such as hearing loss, memory loss, and nausea. So, not good. A study by the University of Pennsylvania team, published in July 2019, found that compared to a healthy control group, the diplomats who had reported injury had experienced brain trauma. Advanced MRI scans revealed differences in whole brain white matter volume, regional gray and white matter volume, cerebular microstructural integrity and functional connectivity in the auditory and visuospatial subnetworks, but found no differences in executive functions. The study concluded that the U.S. government personnel had been physically injured in a way consistent with the symptoms that they described, but expressed no conclusion on the cause or source of the injury. So something was done to their brains. Their brains have changed because of whatever this weaponry was. It's so messed up that humans would do this to other humans. It is, but or on, the animals hand, too. on the other hand, it isn't. Yeah, you know? it's it's our nature, right? Yep. We've been doing this. As far as the voice-to-skull stuff, the audio spotlight on the billboard we mentioned earlier does exist. Other corporations offer something called long-range acoustic devices. There are a lot of rumors that this technology, which was once called, quote, the voice of God, has been tested and used during wartime. According to a 2007 article in Wired magazine called, quote, The Voice of God Weapon Returns, Stephen Corman, writing in the COMOPS journal, describes his own encounter with this urban myth. Stephen says, quote, At a government workshop some time ago, I heard someone describe a new tool that was described as the voice of Allah. This was said to be a device that would operate at a distance and would deliver a message that only a single person would hear inside their head. The story is that it was tested in a conflict situation in Iraq and pointed at one insurgent in a group who quickly whipped around looking in all directions and began a heated conversation with his compatriots who did not hear the message. At the time, I greeted the story with some skepticism. Is there any basis to this technology? Well, Holosonic Research Labs and American Technology Corporation both have versions of directed sound which can allow a single person to hear a message that others around don't hear, like the audio spotlight in the, mm-hmm. on the billboard. DARPA appears to be working on its own sonic projector. Intriguingly, Strategity Page... Strategity. Uh, <laughs> Strategity. Intriguingly, Strategy Page reports that troops are using the long-range acoustic device as a modified voice-of-God weapon, saying, 
It appears that some of the troops in Iraq are using spoken LRADs to mess with enemy fighters. Islamic terrorists tend to be superstitious and, of course, very religious. LRADs can put the word of God into their heads. If God, in the form of a voice that only you can hear, tells you to surrender, run away, or kill yourself, what are you going to do? Right. So, And they're already extremists. And the one place that I did see LRADs was on the TV show Whale Wars. I don't know if you watched Whale Wars. Mm-hmm. Whale Wars was a good show. Mm. It was about the, the group that would go out and try to stop the Japanese right. whalers. And both sides had LRADs which was like, it almost looked like a spotlight that if they beamed it, it would make this noise that was so annoying that it would make you back off. Hmm. You know, so those were on the show and those were really scary, actually. Could, could everybody hear it or was it just, could they direct it at one They person? could direct it because oh, wow. it was on a swivel. So they directed at whatever ship they wanted to back off. Well, then the whole ship would hear yeah. it, right? Okay. Yep. So that's electronic harassment. Wow. That's, that's scary, scary stuff. stuff. Yep. So a lot of people that think that they're being gang stalked believe that these weapons are being used against them to project voices in their head, to do all sorts of stuff. And that brings us to the last subject for today is Camellio. Okay. So you said that this is a book? This is a book. Okay. And I came across this listening to podcasts about Missing 411, actually. So the two podcasts that I basically gleaned all this information from was a podcast, which is really, really good, called Where Did the Road Go? We've mm-hmm. talked about it in the mm-hmm. past. And there's a podcast called In Other News. And they both had interviews with Robert Guffey, who wrote the book. In 2015, Robert Guffey, an English teacher, published a book called Camellio, A Strange But True Story of Invisible Spies, Heroin Addiction, and Homeland Security. That's quite the mix. Yeah. The story in the book is really interesting. It was written by Robert Guffey, an English professor at the University of California, Long Beach. According to Guffey's tale, he had been friends with a man named Damien since they were both 16 years old. In the book, Damien is called Dion, but it later came out that his real name is Damien. So Damien's his real name. Damien is a hardcore drug addict, having spent several years abusing heroin and has had several run-ins with the law and has served jail time. In July of 2003, Robert tried calling his friend Damien and got no answer and couldn't get in touch with him for a week, which was strange. Uh, Guffey says that he just reached some level of Freemason and had his like ceremony or whatever. So he wanted to call this guy to tell him that he got mm-hmm. 32nd degree Freemason or whatever. And he couldn't get a hold of Damien. So he was kind of like, that's weird because Damien usually called him back right away. Damien finally called him back and told him an interesting story. He said that about a week prior, he had a party at his house. And one of the people who came to the party was a guy he had just met named Lee or Doyle. There's like no real, even even Robert Duffy, the author, says that he's been called by both names, so they don't know what his real name is, but it was Lear Doyle. Okay. uh, Was a drug user, just like uh, Damien was. When Lee showed up at the party, he told Damien that he had just gone AWOL from the nearby Camp Pendleton, stealing one of the camp's trucks that was full of equipment, including an Iraqi gun, laptop computers, and over 20 pairs of night vision goggles. Uh, Damien isn't sure if he's telling the truth or not, so Lee slash Doyle goes out and brings back in a laptop computer. Lee turns it on, and Damien sees the Department of Defense background on the screen. And right away, Damien's like, dude, leave. I'd rather see all the night vision goggles with yeah. a gun, because yep. anybody could put that on their laptop. Yep, <laughs> that's true. So he's like, dude, leave. So, you know, Lee is uh, kind of... Like, don't worry about it. They're not going to be able to track me. So he turns on the computer. (laughs) Yeah, it's just the government. (laughs) Yeah, turns on the computer. Within minutes, there's a knock on the front door. 
Damien opens the door, and there's a lady standing there with a couple of official-looking guys. She introduces herself as Lita Johnson, and that's not her real name, but he, she's, she's a big character in the book. Uh, she introduced herself as Lita Johnson, a special agent with NCIS. She asked to come in and search the apartment, and Damien says that she needs a search warrant, so she says she'll be back. All the people hide their drugs and leave the party. The agent shows up again after a few more minutes with a search warrant. They come in and begin asking questions about where the night vision goggles are. Oh, that she was... got that awfully fast. Yeah, yep. A and judge she came has back. to approve that. He says that she came back with members of the, the police force, but he said it was weird because it wasn't like they were working together, almost like they were not antagonistic, but he said it was weird the way that they were mm. like interacting with each other. Okay. So everybody hid their drugs and stuff. They saw when they were searching, they found the drugs. Nobody cared about the drugs. Everybody cared about the night vision goggles. That was all that they cared about was they wanted the night vision goggles. Hmm. Uh, Damien told her the story about Lee, but she didn't believe him. They arrested both Damien and Lee and constantly interrogated him for over a week, believing that he is part of a ring that is stealing equipment and selling it to terrorists. Damien refuses to cooperate, and after a week, they let him go. And that's fine. That's when he calls Guffy back to tell him what happened. You know. Wow. A few days later, Damien calls Guffy back, saying that he realized that he's being followed constantly 24-7. When he goes to 7-Eleven or goes out to eat, he says there's basically a parade of official-looking cars and military-looking guys who are constantly shadowing him. And it's not even sneaky. that they're, right. If he goes in to sit at a restaurant, like five of these guys will walk in and sit at a booth right over by him. You know, so... It's like intimidation. Exactly. He also said that there were cars parked outside his house at all hours of the day, and they would occasionally shine bright lights into his bedroom in the middle of the night. Guffy thought that it was most likely drug-induced paranoia, so he asked Damon to take photos of the cars and to write down the license plate numbers of any cars that were following him, since he had a friend at the DMV. You know, so he took pictures of the cars, sent Guffy the list of license plates. Guffy took the list to his friend at the DMV, and every single one of the license plates in the photos or was written down showed up as being non-existent. Oh, jeez. That's when Guffy started to be like, okay, maybe... Something really Did he is... take photos of the license plates? Yes. Okay. And so I he think didn't that just write I, down no, random no, numbers. No. And I think that's I think it's in the book, but the thing is in some of the in one of the podcasts I listened to, he said written down. In another podcast, he said photographs. Because photographs okay, yeah, that's so good. There were a couple written down. There were a couple discrepancies between things he said in podcasts that made me kind of go, hmm. Right. But that's what he said. That when he realized that those were all basically non- License license plates. That's when he's like, okay, something might be going on. Mm -hmm. So Guffy got on his computer and started looking into what was going on. And that's when he discovered gang stalking because he didn't really know much about it before. And this was back in, what, 2003? So, I mean, this was back when it was relatively new. Mm -hmm. So Guffy discovered gang stalking, was kind of researching it. And that's when things started really escalating for Damien. Stuff started getting crazy. One day, Damien walked past a window in his house that overlooks a parking lot. When he walked by the window, he saw that the parking lot was gone, and the window now looks over a weird science fiction landscape. One night, when Damien was laying in bed, he saw what he described as a, quote, black shadowy mass slowly move across his bedroom floor towards a leather jacket that was laying on the floor. When it hit the leather jacket, it puffed the leather jacket up, and the leather jacket crawled across the floor until finally it went back down and stopped. Give me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> so, so that happened. Uh... Sometimes, How could somebody... Sometimes he would walk into a room and the room would appear larger than usual or smaller than usual. At night, sometimes alone in his bedroom, 
There would be a huge backlit shadow on the wall of a hand holding a gun, and then it would tilt down, point at him, and like pretend it was pulling the trigger, and then it would vanish. I could see how someone could do that, but I don't know how somebody could make the other stuff happen. We'll get into that. Okay. So all this stuff started to happen. Stuff started to move around the house. There were weird noises. He felt touched sometimes, like something had brushed past him. Hmm. So he's like, what's going on? Then one night, Damien got up and went into the bathroom. He opened the medicine cabinet, and as the mirror swiveled, he caught sight of someone behind him. He said it appeared to be an almost sparkly aura of a smaller-than-average-sized person standing behind him and moving like a person would move. He said it was a lot like the creature from the movie Predator when it's using its cloaking device. Mm, And he said occasionally in the house he would see like a shimmering and then like sparkly auras that was in the shape of a person, but it was always a smaller person. Hmm. Then, every few days, all of the cars that were parked outside his house would suddenly pull away and leave, and then a minute or two later, Lita Johnson would pull up, come up to the door, ask Damien how things were going, and if he had any new information to give her. Hmm. And he would always be like, no, I've told you the truth. I told you I don't know what these night vision goggles are. I don't know where they went. And she would give him her card and be like, all right, well, call me if anything happens. Then she would pull away, and then all the cars would come up and park outside the house again. Why would they all leave just when she came? So she's basically the handler, like what we called the handler before. Lita Johnson is the handler. A corporation called SAIC, the Science Application International Corporation, and another corporation called ATC, American Technology Corporation, which we mentioned earlier this episode, were both within walking distance of his house. And they were developing exotic weaponry at the time, like possibly uh, camouflaging equipment and acoustic bullets. And they wonder if when stuff was breaking in his house, if they weren't shooting acoustic bullets, which are bullets made of condensed sound, Mm -hmm. that they can shoot a bullet made of sound and shatter something. Hmm. So they wonder if that's what was happening. Guffey finally ended up calling Lita Johnson and confronting her about it, but she replied with noncommittal and non-incriminating answers, saying, well, nobody in my agency is following him and stuff like that. Sure, what else is she going to say? This went on for almost a year with Damien constantly getting sick, wondering if it was electromagnetic radiation poisoning. Uh, He drove to Kansas, and when he drove to Kansas, he said he was followed on the highway by small, metallic-looking, UFO-like things that we now know are drones. But back in 2003, we didn't know drones were a thing, but I'm sure that the military had them. Yeah. You know, so he was followed by drones, And then there were weird things like he was at a rest stop or something like that or a restaurant and he walked in the bathroom and was washing his hands at the sink when an official looking guy came in, went to the sink right next to him, was washing his hands and said, all you have to do is tell us where the stuff is and then this will all end. And when he said that, another official guy walked into the bathroom, grabbed that guy by the shoulder and took him out of the bathroom like that guy was not supposed to say that because that's the thing is that you are not supposed to overtly say what you're doing because if the guy has a recorder it can be proof that you're harassing him seems like a lot of work over some night vision goggles it does there must have been something kind of special about yes yeah there was even i didn't don't have it in here but there was like a list of what was all stolen by that lee slash doyle guy Mm -hmm. and the night vision goggles had a price that were way 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 above what night vision goggles should be so they theorized that these night vision goggles were used to see people using cloaking technology. Mm. 
You know what I mean? Well, I know like military grade yeah. night vision yeah. is totally different than yeah. what you can buy at like yep. the hunting But that was store. what they, that was their concern were these night vision goggles. Okay. Uh, thinking about all the things that had happened to him, Damien started searching the internet for anything about cloaking technology that sounds like the figure he saw in his bathroom that night in the mirror. He finds some stuff, but nothing like what he saw in his place. Eventually, he stumbles across a website called Camellio.net run by a guy named Richard Schwangert. That's the name. Okay. Run by a guy named Richard Schwangert. Richard Schwangert. <laughs> I got to get that right. Eventually, he stumbles across a website called Camellio.net run by a guy named Richard Schwangert. It sounds a lot like what he saw, so he sends the link to Guffy. It turns out that Schwagert is a member of the same Freemasons Lodge as Guffy, so they actually had interacted but didn't know each mm-hmm. other. So Guffy gets in touch with them and asks if they can come in and talk to him. They talk about Schwagert's concept of his cloaking device and his holographic technology, which is mostly just plans and concept drawings with a few actual pieces of technology made, and how Schwagert had been approached by the SAIC about it 10 years earlier. They were interested in his chameleonic technology. He says that the SAIC came in, looked over all of his stuff, went to the laboratory, took a bunch of notes and photos, and left. Hmm. And then the Navy came in and did the same thing, took a bunch of photos, made photocopies of his notes, and he was thinking the whole time, cool, they're going to want to contract me to, to make this stuff for them. And never heard back from them, never heard anything from them. So he was filing a freedom of information request because he wanted to sue the military because he thinks that they were stole right, his technology, his technology yeah. which I'm sure they 100% did. Yeah. So Guffy started to question him about his technology, like if it could make a room look bigger or smaller than it actually is, or if it could change a view that someone would see outside a window, and Schwagert said that it totally could. And he said that one of the things the, he originally stated that the technology could be used for was psychological warfare, making mm. somebody see something that's not there. Right. Then Damien starts to tell Schwangert about all of his experiences. According to Guffy, Schwangert's kind of like smirking, thinking that this guy's nuts talking about this stuff. But then as Damien talks more and more about the stuff that happened to him in his place, Schwangert starts to look surprised. Once Damien gets to the story about the medicine cabinet mirror, Schwangert immediately says that there was always a problem with the cloaking technology and mirrors. And then when Damien describes the weird figure-shaped sparkly aura he would sometimes see at his house, Schwangert was amazed and said that's exactly what would happen with his technology if it wasn't functioning correctly. Hmm. So now Schwangert totally believes that what Damien saw was his technology being used in a gang-stalking campaign against him because they want those night vision, night vision goggles. goggles. And that's basically the story. I don't know what happened later. I don't know if this stopped. Mm-hmm. But if this is something that you're interested in, it's a rabbit hole you can go down. This Robert Guffey was on a lot of podcasts, and it's really, really interesting stuff. But that is an example of how and why someone would be gang-stalked. You know, they think that he has this knowledge of where these what they were doing with these night vision goggles, where they were, Mm -hmm. and they harassed him and kept harassing him with these technological advances that we don't know about. Whatever happened to the Lee Doyle guy? Uh, Nobody knows. Hmm. He got arrested with with, uh, Damien, but nobody really knows what happened to him. What happened after that? They Hmm. talk about some of that stuff on the podcasts that I listen to. So if you're interested in that, look up Camellio and podcast, and you'll find a bunch of them. Okay. But that is gang stalking in a nutshell. They want to know what this guy knows, and they're using all these weird tactics to get it. To break him down, To basically. break him down. But the thing is, this guy's been in jail, 
And Guffy says that he's got like a personality that you can't like get to him. Right. And he says it annoys them. Sure. He said one of the things that was actually kind of funny, he said the only time, Lee, there was only one time that Lita Johnson ever acknowledged that she had anything to do with it. Where there was one time where he was in his kitchen making dinner and he could see on the opposite side of a fence in his backyard or whatever, he could see one of these guys watching. Every now and then he would poke his head up over the fence one of these military guys, whoever these were. <laughs> yeah. So then he said he took out a bowl in the kitchen and mixed up a bunch of random stuff, spaghetti sauce, flour, and then he walked outside and went to the fence and tipped it over and dumped it onto the guy. And then when he, when Lita Johnson came to the house the next time they were talking and he said, how did your one guy like his shower I gave him? And she, he said, she laughed and she's like, yeah, a lot of the guys got a kick out of that. And he said that was the only time that she ever acknowledged that she had anything to do with this. Oh, interesting. She kind of let that slip, I yeah, guess. Yeah, she kind of let that slip. Hmm. So that is gang stalking. Hmm. So what do you think? I feel like there are probably legitimate cases of this yes. happening. Yeah. I also think there are, are a lot of people out there who read about, um, you know, MS and start to think they have the symptoms. Exactly. So I, I think that probably a good portion of the people who claim that they're being gang stalked probably aren't. They're just paranoid. Yeah. But the, and think, they read I, into everything. I think there are. Situations. I think there probably are. Case, I feel like that's a case right there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't. I'm not vouching for the authenticity of the Camellio story. Right. I don't know honestly what I feel about it. But that is like an example of gang stalking and how it's used. Mm-hmm. You know. So I don't know. I I I agree with you. I think it happens sometimes. But I think a majority of the people that say they're being gang stalked are suffering from paranoia mental illness illness, something although who knows yeah i mean who knows who knows i mean they always say that things that we know things that we have now like technology we have now the government and the military had had 10 to 15 years ago so god only knows what they have now Mm -hmm. but they obviously have this energy directed energy weapons and voice to skull stuff that they can use that stuff really freaks me out (laughs) like i don't know i just feel like that's such and that's what they say is that's one of the reasons why they test this stuff on people like homeless people or drug users Mm. because nobody is going to believe them right you know it's true and and guffy says that it's almost like he said when he was when he started teaching at the college they made him a tutor, an English tutor. So he ended up going to this room with two other tutors and nobody ever came in there. Nobody ever came in there to get tutored. And finally, one day he asked these other guys, he's like, why is nobody coming in? And they kind of laughed. And they explained to him that they don't even tell people that they have tutors, but every year they get allotted so much money to use for stuff like tutors. And if they say we don't use it, then they're like, okay, then you won't get it. But then the next year they get a reduced amount mm. and they don't want to get a reduced amount. So they basically use this money for nothing just right. to keep getting. And they say that Guffy says that's what's going on with stuff that they have these black projects that they're using that that you can't say, oh, we don't use that holographic technology. So then they don't get, get money for it, it the next year. So they use it to test. They just randomly test stuff. Hmm. And that's how this came up in Missing 411 is that one of the theories is that Missing 411 stuff are the military or these groups testing their camouflage stuff hmm. or testing the holographic stuff. I could see I that. I could see I that, but I, yeah. I, I know it's naive of me, but I still can't see killing people, you know? Right, 
right killing these children and these people that disappeared no i can see them using this technology to mess with them and to make them see stuff you know that's not there like Mm -hmm. lights or whatever or to hear someone calling them or whatever that that could be them testing this equipment it just seems like such a violation of our most basic rights. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, violations of our most basic rights oh goes on on God. a daily it basis. It does. It really, it really does. does. Yeah, it's true. But if you're if you're you know if you're of the mindset that you're testing the stuff to use it in the greater good for everybody, you're not going to mind. Sure. You can harassing it one somehow. drug user or a prostitute or a homeless person to test out what this stuff does because it's only one person. Nobody's going to believe them anyway. Hmm. So it's interesting. I've yeah. always loved gang stalking. I love street theater. I love the idea that when I go into a grocery store, all these people are part of a choreographed yeah. system to make my day bad. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, but Again, it's, ideas it, it gets of grandeur, your, It gets though. in your head, though. When you yeah. start researching this stuff, you start realizing it happening around you, and it's like, wow, it's a slippery slope to go towards You could see how people would, of, yeah. Yeah. Totally. So I'll end it with these two quotes. The first quote is from medium.com in an article called, quote, Gang Stalking and the Search for Sense in Chaos. The article says, quote, A belief in gang stalking is, at its core, a way of making sense of the chaos of life. As with any inexplicable event, when someone begins to experience psychotic symptoms, the logical part of the brain desperately seeks to explain them in a rational way. If we are afraid, there must be a legitimate reason why we're afraid. Over time, and after considering multiple possibilities, we hit on an explanation. For people with an instinctive distrust of others, a feeling of victimhood or suspicion of the authorities, gang stalking can be a way of explaining anxiety in a way which can seem almost logical. Mm -hmm. And I totally agree with that. Yeah, I 100% believe it. And then Wikipedia also says, quote, There are extensive online support networks and numerous websites maintained by people fearing mind control and gang stalking. California psychiatrist Alan Drucker has identified evidence of delusional disorders on many of these websites, and other psychologists are divided over whether such sites reinforce mental troubles or act as a form of social group support. And I kind of get that too. Both. <laughs> the more that you find people that believe they're doing this, the more it validates your your, your, your opinion that you're being yeah. gang stalked, and it feeds off each other. But on the other hand, it's a comfort to have. Right, you're not alone. No, so it's it's and you have people who believe you. Yeah. So Which, when tough. you're a victim of something, I think one of the greatest things you can experience is someone who believes yeah, you. Yeah. So it, they feed off each other. But yeah. I don't know. At the end of the I day, I don't know. I don't I, ever want to experience it myself. I can no, say that. No. And that's always in the back of my head. Are they going to like hear this episode and be I like, totally oh, this, already thought of this that. Kurt guy, we could, <laughs> you know, is him. that why I'm not sleeping good lately? Are they hitting me with beams and making me uncontrollably fart and burp? You, you know? can't burp. Oh, no, I can't burp. No, if I burp, <laughs> that would be a sign that yeah, I was that being be gang stalked. Yeah. So I don't know. Kurt it's, starts burping. It's, <laughs> it should be worried. Yeah. It's fascinating stuff. So it is. We've, it's we've, terrifying and fascinating. Yes. We've mentioned gang stalking and directed energy weapons in a couple other episodes, so I wanted to dive into it, but... I don't know if I would call this a conspiracy theory because I think there are plenty of, exa- of examples oh, of this happening. Oh, there are examples, but it, it gets lumped in with... You know, as soon as you mention gang stalking or mind control, you're immediately discredited as being a kook. Right. You know, I know perfectly normal people that have the windows of their house boarded up because... They're afraid of signals getting in. Really? I know people, I have friends that have their entire bedroom shielded with, 
you know, when you go into like the camping section of a store, you can get the survival blankets that yeah. are, are like, they are, look like, look tin like foil. a little tinfoil. Like yeah. they have their entire wall of their bedroom covered with these so that nobody can get in their head. Wow. So uh, these are perfectly normal people that I know. These are not things I think about. No, no. <laughs> so, wow. So, yeah. I mean, I don't mean to laugh at those people. No. It's just, I'm really surprised by that. Yeah. I guess. So it's out there. But that, wow, that is that gang is stalking. So <laughs> let us know what you guys think. Have you had an experience? Have you been or... gang stalked? Are you a perp? Yeah, are you a perp? Yeah. We have a questionnaire for you. Yeah, we, we do have it. We'll have, you, we'll have you on the podcast. <laughs> Don't shoot us with any of your directed energy weapons, please. Yeah, no thanks. So that is gang stalking. Do All we right. have time for a listener question? I think we do. Okay. I hope you guys like that. Like I said, I always worry doing episodes like this because some people don't want us to do the conspiracy It's stuff. our show, Kurt. That's true. Do whatever the heck we want. <laughs> we can we could talk about the weather for an entire <laughs> I think we, I think we have. I mean, we really could. <laughs> I'll find our question here. You ready? All right. We have time for one question. Okay. Hi, guys. Love the podcast. Thank you. Mystery Thank person. You. They're anonymous. It's obvious that you and Krista love each other. We do. We do. <laughs> we do. What is something you don't like about the other person? Oh, boy. Hmm. I, one thing I don't like is that you're very stubborn and set in your ways. I am. It's very difficult to get you to change your routine (laughs) or do anything outside of the norm. Although you do a lot of stuff that's like really cool and people would consider outside of the norm, but it's normal for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, You're very regimented in the things that you like and the things that you don't like. And sometimes I, I think you could... I don't know, be a little bit more fast and loose when it comes to that. I could be. I could be. Um, a couple months ago, and this just came up, Miranda, my friend Miranda and I, my best friend, when we went down to school because she had to pay for her classes or buy her textbook. So we drove down to LTC mm-hmm. and we drove back and we were going to stop at Wendy's. And I thought we were going to go through the drive-thru, but we ended up going inside. <laughs> that probably and then just she was, whole day she was legitimately like, because I kind of freaked out. I'm like, do they bring us our food? I don't know where I go. <laughs> like, I legitimately freaked out. And she was like, Kurt. You get your food you get at your the food, yeah. counter. It's but not, that kind unless of, you're at Culver's, they do bring your, yeah. your food. <laughs> but she was like, wow. Yeah. And, and that kind of amazed me that when I do something outside of my comfort like zone, panic. I panic. <laughs> Yes. I really do. I think this, I feel like the CBD gummies are helping me with my anxiety and stuff. Yeah. Okay. But that was like a big, big an eye opener. For eye you? opener that wow, I am such a a small thing. Yeah, but, but and she was she was like, oh my god, I can't believe you're freaked out about this. I'm a little bit the same way. Like I don't when I go to a new restaurant for the first time, I'm a little weird about it yeah. because I don't know what to expect. Yeah. And but the thing but is, once like, I if, go there, the then thing I'm is, fine. if I go to a new restaurant, I feel like I prepare for it. But if I if we're, if I didn't know you we were like going into Wendy's, I don't like the unexpected. Like when that taste test was spicy and you weren't expecting yes. it. Yeah, and it <laughs> ruined my whole, whole world. day off. Yes. <laughs> Wow. No, that's totally acceptable. I get that you don't like that about me. There is. I still love you, though. I still love you, too. There's nothing I don't like about you. Oh, the on. one thing I would have said was that it used to annoy me when I was reading the podcast and you were looking out the window or looking at your phone <laughs> or doing something else, do, texting Jim. Yeah. And that would annoy me like crazy that you weren't listening to me. But then when we started doing the My Favorite Mini Mysteries, I'd find that when you were talking, I would end up looking outside <laughs> and I'm still listening to you. It's really weird to maintain eye contact. It is, <laughs> but I'm still listening to you, but totally. I'm, I'm doing the same things that you were doing that annoyed me. Yeah. So now that doesn't annoy me anymore it's because I get it too, but I there is nothing else I don't like about you. Aww. I mean, you're 
perfect literally oh perfect God. so that's <laughs> you're that's, deluded but that's, thanks <laughs> that's all i could think of to say about that that was very nice so thank you for the question uh, i'm yes, gonna try to you. get a little more fast and loose <laughs> and i'll stare directly into your eyes the whole time. <laughs> oh, then you'll no, be super it's bad uncomfortable because like if a friend will text me at six and be like hey do you want to go out and get dinner and I say, yeah, they're like legitimately like, seriously, like they're freaked out that <laughs> right? I, what's wrong? <laughs> yeah. Like I don't do that. Right. So I know. that's something I got to get better with. It's like if P, if we ever did like go at, to a convention or go on the road, I would be a mess. Right. Cause it's Cause all not, fly by the seat it's of your all pants. Fly, I'm not good at flying by the seat of my pants. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you talk about me looking around though, because when I record with Jeff and Joe, they are staring at their phones the entire time. <laughs> Seriously. The entire time. In fact, I've seen Jeff actually fall asleep in the wow. podcast. Have you so. ever fell asleep? No, I'm not. I, please, I can't sleep in my own bed. I'm not going to fall asleep That's sitting true. in this chair. But yeah, I get it. I yeah. get that. So okay. I try to be, I try to be, I'm only going to text if it's like I have to answer something in the moment. Okay. So. When I read, what do you not like about you? I'm like, oh my God, is this going to be the end of the strange <laughs> sessions? We're done. <laughs> Slam my laptop Boom, shut we're done. storm out of here. Last episode. <laughs> So Funny. thank you so much for the question, random yeah. person. It was a good one. I like that. It was that. a good one. And I think that's it. So it's time for the deets. The deets. The deets are, if you want to email us, we are at thestrangesessions at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at strange session. No S. Krista does a good job on Instagram at the strange sessions. We actually get some pretty decent feedback we and do. new members and stuff on Instagram. So that's cool. We love postcards. We love little gifts you guys send us. So if you have anything to send us, you can send it to the strange sessions and taste tests and taste tests. We need more taste tests. The strange sessions, PO box four, three, four Manitowoc, Wisconsin, five, four, two, two, one dash zero, four, three, four. And we need phone calls. Nobody has called our hotline I since I think the story. Don't of be the shy. Listener story. Yeah, call our call Although our. we got a ton of phone calls for the listener we story. Did. But yeah. But anytime, if you want to chat, if you want to, you know, drunken booty call, whatever, <laughs> just call 920-443-9602. And we'd like to read a listener story every episode or play audio. Yeah. So yeah. either email us or send us a private message or use the voice. There's been, I know Melissa that listens said she had some weird Mandela effect stuff happen. And I've had weird Mandela effect stuff happen lately. Okay. So she was going to send something or she was going to post in the group or maybe I'll just have her send it to me and we can read it in the next episode. Yeah, that'd be cool. But uh, Logan sent us a couple stuff, a couple posts about spirit guides that I'll read when we do an episode about angels or spirit guides. Yeah. So there's stuff coming in. So we love making you guys part of the podcast. Yeah, we do because you guys are part of the podcast. Yeah, you are. And I think that's it. I think that's it too. I think I am going to have another lick of Vegemite. <laughs> so, but I never hear anybody say that. <laughs> so, I think that's it. So from the old school media studio, until next time, stay, stay strange. strange. This has been an Old School Media production, executive produced by Kirk Knechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com.